Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. Yeah, give yourselves a hand. Give yourselves a hand. How would other people describe you? How would other people describe you? Some may describe you as self-aware, self-made, self-assured, self-assertive. Others may describe you as self-obsessed, self-pleasing, Hello, anyone out there? Self-indulgent or self-promoting. A survey of teenagers revealed that 54% of them want to be a celebrity. I can see that from the screen. (laughs) Laugh, it's okay. I was just having a crack at you. But if a survey was taken of all of us, Young and old, it would probably reveal that a high percentage of us want to be the goat. Who can tell me what the goat is? The greatest of all time. You know what? This is not a new phenomenon. It's been around since I was a little boy. No, you Where you wait? Is this on close? You tell is alive right now. Everybody, stop talking now. Attention. I told you, all of my critics. I told you all that I was the greatest of all time. Wanna be something? Listen. I told you today, I'm still the greatest of all time. Never again defeat me. Never again say that I'm going to be defeated. Never again. Make me the underdog until I'm about 50 years old. Then you might get me. You know, I suggest that the goat is a part of our Aussie culture too. It's in our cultural DNA to think we are the goats, the greatest of all time. It's just that we don't express it as, as loudly as some of our North American friends do. But a Christ follower, a disciple of Jesus, follows an entirely different way of living that is counter-cultural. This is because the one they follow says, if anyone wants to follow me after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and keep following me. Therefore, self-obsession, self-pleasing, self-indulgence or self-promotion is crucified. It's flattened. It's removed off the menu for Christ's followers. You know, Jesus said to his mates, the disciples, do you want to stand out? Then step down. Be a servant. I've been served since the moment I walked in this door today. It blew my mind. But if if you puff yourself up, 
You'll get the wind knocked out of you, says Jesus. But if you're content to simply be yourself, your life will count for plenty. Therefore, serving others reflects who we are, not just what we do. Let me say that again. Serving others reflects who we are, not just what we do. Again, how would other people describe you, really? The Apostle Luke uh, describes an amazing woman called Tabitha as a believer who was always doing kind things for others, especially the poor, records Luke. Tabitha wasn't into self-promotion. She closed down her Instagram page because she was focused on being selfless. How do we become a selfless servant? I'm glad you asked. Thank you. Here's an example from the Bible that can inspire you as you choose to develop an attitude of becoming selfless. Think about it. It's a Thursday night, just before the Passover. There's a secret meeting going on in the upper room. Jesus, who knows what's about to happen to them, him, is sitting there with his disciples and he knows what's going on. In this sacred window of time, when Jesus is about to go to his sacrificial death, what do his disciples do? They have an argument about which one of them is the goat. And if you don't believe me, let's look at what Luke records. Within minutes, they, his mates, were bickering over who of them would end up the greatest. Human nature doesn't change. Who will be the greatest of all time? You know, Jesus tiredly looks around the supper table and sees proud hearts and dusty and dirty feet. So what does he do? John records... So he got up from the supper table, set aside his robe and put on an apron. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the feet of the disciples, drying them with his apron. This was a scandalous act because only a slave or a servant would do that job. Who is this Jesus? Who is this God uh, who serves others? It does my head in. So Christ follower, how do you become great? How do you become great? You carry an apron wherever you go. Selfless instead of self-promotion. As Jesus reminded his disciples yet again, who would you rather be? The one who eats the dinner 
or the one who serves the dinner? He'd rather eat and be served, right? Says Jesus. But I've taken my place among you as the one who serves. So Christ follow, let me ask you again. How do you become great in the kingdom of God? You choose selfless serving. It's a choice. You choose to serve others in various ways. Within your family, your faith community, your friendship circles, your workplace, your school, your college or university, your sports and recreation clubs, and within your local retirement villages, hospitals, and local council projects, and so on. That's where you serve. Because most of your time is in a Monday to Friday world. So that's where I imagine you would serve the most if you choose to. Recently, British politician Michael Gove stood up in British Parliament and stated a fact that many secular politicians are fully aware of. Gove simply pointed out that the reality of Christian mission in today's churches is a story of thousands of quiet kindnesses. In many of our most disadvantaged communities, he says, it is the churches that provide warmth, food, friendship, and support for the individuals who've fallen on the worst of times. And funny enough, not one politician shouted him down because they knew that what he was saying was spot on. Selfless serving can make an impact at all levels of the culture that you're in and the community around you. Christ follower, if you're in the room today, let me take you back to that simple but profound question. How would other people describe you, really? Here's some tips about building your spiritual muscles. Who wants to have their spiritual muscles built? You build your spiritual muscles through choosing to be selfless in serving others. I go back to it again. You choose it. It doesn't just fall on you. First tip. Here's the first tip. Ready? Okay. Forget this self-promotion obsession. That's the first tip from an older bloke. Be countercultural. Let God be your promoter. Not Hollywood and social media and, and all the, your peer pressure groups around you. Look at what the Apostle Peter said when he reminded the early Christ followers to be content with who you are. It's, that's a timeless principle. And don't put on airs, Mark. God's strength, strong hand is on you. Mark, he'll promote you at the right time. Live carefree before God. He's most careful with you, Mark, and you. Be a selfless servant. Have a selfless attitude 
And God will take care of all your promotions throughout all of your life. I guarantee that. I promise you that because that's a biblical promise. Second tip. Did the first tip sting you? It didn't. Okay, I'll go stronger then. (laughs) Second tip. Sometimes you'll be treated like a servant. Shock, horror. Sometimes, the second tip is, you will be treated like a servant. Who's ever had that happen to them? You're all very quiet in here today. I hope I'm not offending you. I'm trying to encourage you. So. <laughs> You're so well-mannered. <laughs> at Gateway, they'd be shouting things at me. Oh, yeah, whatever, Mark. Yeah, yeah, whatever. No, no, they're a good mob. We have um, lots of um, festivals and parties at, our, at Gateway. We've been going 37 years now. and um, So we often have celebration services, uh, things, and we will um, clear the car park. We've got... Various uh, big car parks we use, but we'll clear a main one near the right near the front doors, and um, we'll have um, celebration service such as um, we'll have a end of the year celebration service for all the volunteers, all of them, and um, you're talking hundreds in the end, um, and so the leadership team will serve them on that day. What does that look like? We bring in um, heaps of um, food trucks. Um, like six or so food trucks and line them up around the place. We'll bring in carnival wheel, we'll bring in spinning things for the kids and bring in um, farm animals and you know, all this. And then we'll put up a huge marquee in the middle um, for those that need a bit of cover from the sun. And so you're talking hundreds of chairs, hundreds of tails, all out there. It's, it's absolute festival. It's fantastic. So we'll do that uh, each year for various things. Online. So it's quite a big thing we do. And so... We get the opportunity to um, serve in new ways and every time they ask me and I say, hey Mark, can you join the roster for the, for the um, barbecue team, for the sausages, for the snags? What do you call them? Snags, yeah, snags. So can you, can you help the team cook the snags? And uh, I'll say, oh no worries, glad to do that because I love it. But what I don't tell them is Um, I've been married for 44 years. People have done less time for murder, but we won't go there. (laughs) But none of... And in that time, uh, Sally, my wife, her older brothers, never let me do the barbecue because they're a really close family, so there's lots of barbecues. Over the decades, not once have they let me do the barbecues. I can't work out why, because I think I'm great at it. But her older brothers go, no, Mark, just go and butter the buns. <laughs> but at Gateway, they don't know that. So they say, Mark, can you come on again and do the snags? And they forget what I did last year and the year before and the year before. This is what I do. My idea of a good barbecue, uh, and I'm going to tell you this, you think I'm joking, but if you ask the team, they know I'm serious. My idea of a great barbecue is it's all happening. You've got half a dozen uh, of the team just getting the sauce and the onions and the buns ready. It's, it's just a festival. So, and we're competing against all the food trucks on the other side <laughs> that are trying to make money and we're going, no, we'll take them on. So anyway, so my idea of a great barbecue is this. When I do the snags, they're ready, just about ready, when they're black. Yeah. 
Then I go to another level. Then they go, really black. I'm on the way. And then I have my special, midnight black. You think I'm joking? Then I go to charcoal black. And they are ready. They are ready. And it's great. People come up and they complain about the snags. And I say, whatever, just grab some buns. There's the onion. Move on, move on. I have a ball. I love it. I absolutely love it. Because in that time, you're bantering with people and you're just having a laugh and they're yelling at you. They're throwing their snag at you. Mark, you've done it again. You've burnt it. No, they're, they're ready to go. Chunk old black. It's so good. So it's a fun thing. It's a fun thing to serve. It's a joy. There's lots of banter and lots of fun and laughter going on. And then what happens is um, there's a whole roster of things to be done around the place. And so every 30 minutes, um, the operations manager on that day will come and say, hey, can you move to the next role? And so the teams are moving around and, and uh, we're covering. Because you're talking hundreds of hundreds of people and their kids and, and the animals and, you know, everything's happening. It's crazy. So they go, oh, Mark, um, can you just now, this couple of minutes, we've got Freddie coming over, can you go over... And just go around the whole place and empty the, the dozen huge big bins around the place. Said, no worries. Glad to do that. Done it a hundred times. So go off and go around. And you can imagine the bins. Everyone's having a great time. You're talking uh, all the stuff from the food trucks, the containers and the coffee cups and plastic bottles and Coke bottles. It's a, so they, they need constant refilling, uh, getting rid of putting new bags in them. This one time, uh, as I've done uh, lots of other times, I go up to a, uh, a big, it's a big bin, and um, I love doing it because when you go through the crowd, and I'm being transparent here, so don't judge me. You go through the crowd and, and do the bins every 20 feet, through, and they're, they're sitting there having a great time, they brought all their friends along, there's music, it's laughter, it's fun, it's a safe place, and... Um, it's all happening on this acre of, of stuff. Well, when you go through a crowd and you're emptying bins, guess, what's ha guess what happens? It's the best job because you're serving in a very public way. So they go, oh, good on you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. You're such a servant, Mark. Oh, our pastors are so humble. No, they do. They, really, they are so encouraging. They are, they are encouraging and they mean it, but I love it. Because out in the public, I'm just emptying the bins, go to the next one, more compliments, next one, get more compliments. So in the end, you're strutting to the bin, from one bin to the next bin, and you're emptying, and then you take them over to the industrial hoppers, and you come back, and you keep, keep going around, because they do need emptying. So it's a fantastic pat on the back every 20 metres. It's awesome. Some of you are looking like, is he serious? I'm being, tra I'm being transparent. So I'm getting pumped up. I go to a bin. And was, I remember it was in towards the middle of the hundreds of people around the chairs. So I got through the uh, tables, plastic tables and chairs. This spot, and everyone's laughing. There's lots of raucous noise going. And I got the bin. And it was overflowing. And the bin was overflowing. And the height above the bin was about that much of stuff balanced there. And around the edge was um, water bottles, Coke bottles, coffee cups, stuff. No, which is, I get what's happening. It's happening so quickly. It wasn't a big deal. So. I thought, oh, now, what, um, got a spare bag. I pulled it up, the bag. For it, oh, a few more have fallen out, no problems. You know, so I um, pulled it up, 
and I uh, thought, oh, I'll, I'll grab the others in a sec, no big deal. So I um, pulled it up, and as I'm pulling it up, they're dropping off. I thought, no worries, I've got the spare bag, clean them up, and away we go. As I'm pulling it up, just trying to get it out, with the other plastic empty bag ready to put in, as I'm pulling it up, I get to about here. I'm like that, pulling it up, and I thought, oh, jeez, about a dozen things have fallen out now. A little bit of food was coming out too. Uh, but yeah, I'll put that in the snags later when I go back on the <laughs> thing. But as I'm picking up, a person uh, came over to me from here. I, didn't, I couldn't look up and see them, but they came over. They said, oh, g'day, Mark. I said, oh, g'day. But I didn't really look. Yeah. I'm pulling up. It's overflowing. As I got to here, talk, mate, and I'm... Oh, right. And they threw it on, on the top a plastic bottle, <laughs> um, food container, and a coffee cup, which hit the top and fell off. Whoop, watch my arms. It fell off. And they said, good on you, Mark, and walked off. So I'm like that. In that second, in that three seconds that happened, I was so ticked off. I don't know why you're laughing. I was really, really peed off. I was ticked off. DEFCON 5 ticked off. I was so, so volcanic. I was wild. I was out of control. People thought, oh, what a, there's Mark doing his job. Inside, I was a volcano. Why? I had the empty plastic bag there. To bend down and scoop them up and put them in, it's a three second job. It's, you know, it's not an issue. Why did I go into a volcano in three seconds for me? Because I was treated like I was a servant. How dare they? I'm a pastor. I'm doing the right thing. I've served for 37 years. One of the senior guys, the big honchos, one of the big kahunas. And you just treat me like I'm a servant. How dare you? So, I was a little bit ticked off and just went on and did the job. No one knew, did the others, took all the applause. I carried it though, I carried that. My wife Sally, um, she was raised in a single parent Christian home and she grew up with three older brothers, um, all Christian guys, great blokes and so on and uh, they're good mates so she grew up think about it, with three older brothers so she's seen it all with blokes so when I took my volcano home and we're driving off somewhere after that night to something like I told her about what happened with the bin and she's pastor of our pastoral care she's also a professional counsellor so this is her idea of being soft when I told her what happened and I said to her, I went, Phew. she laughs and looks at me and goes, 
toughen up, princess. <laughs> How's that for a pastoral response? <laughs> what she was saying was, I need to remember I'm a servant. I need to learn to be self-forgetful. Self-forgetful, Mark. Sometimes you will be treated like a servant. And when that happens, avoid selling my wife. <laughs> Ready for the last tip? Yep. Ready for the last tip? Yep. You're all still thinking about... You're all still thinking about the way I reacted with the bin, aren't you? You think, this guy's he's not a pastor. He sh should be patient and loving. And Here's the third and last tip as an older Christ follower. What's the most important skill a follower of Jesus brings when they step into their local place of worship? So let's bring it to this. What is the most important skill a follower of Jesus brings when they step into their local place of worship? They must bring soft eyes. Soft eyes is the ability to look deeper than what you first see. Soft eyes is you must bring the ability to look deeper than what you first see. In your local place of worship. If a Christ follower brings a consumer, self-focused, hard eyes approach or mindset when he or she walks into their local place of worship, they can easily miss the little gold nuggets that are placed all around them that I notice from when I opened that door this morning. They must bring an ability to look deeper than what they first see, Christ follower. If a Christ follower walks in with soft eyes to their local place of worship, they see a wide range of selfless acts happening all around them. They've gained the ability to look deeper than what they first saw when they walked past the greeters and the coffee service. The hard eyes miss it. The soft eyes are inspired by it and are full of gratitude for being on the receiving end of this chain of selfless servants. So I can say, and I don't say it lightly, for example, I was inspired when I walked in this morning and the music hadn't even happened, but I was already inspired. Someone put those flags out there way before you got out of bed in the cold. That's the first thing I noticed I walked up the street. Someone's been here early and they've banged out these flags and it's flipping cold. When you have soft eyes, you experience many, many quiet kindnesses being extended to you week after week, year after year, by a community of selfless, faithful servants.
Some of, as I said, who've been here hours before I drove in. Hardened eyes see serving others as an inconvenience, an interruption, an option. A selfless Christ follower has soft eyes. They see the opportunities to serve others within their faith community and the wider community as a privilege. I paid for my petrol to come over here. It's a round trip of a couple of hundred k's. I paid for the, whatever the toll is. Why? Because what a privilege to come and help you. Don't, don't clap me. Clap the concept that we're learning. For me, it's a privilege to come here and just serve and help you. But the rest of the world says, oh, no, there's got to be something in it for you, Mark. There's got to be payback for you, Mark. No, there's no. It's a privilege. God will take care of your self-promotion. And I'm not talking about serving is where you burn yourself out either, by the way, because you're a younger group. It's not about working harder, longer. It's just an attitude thing. If you can serve half an hour a week and your attitude's great, I'll take that every time. Do not get sucked into, if I put 10 hours in a week, I'm faithful and I'm selfless. No, no, no. You, because of your job and your family and your commitments, you may only be able to give half an hour a week. So stop feeling bad about that and just do that well. Even in your Monday to Friday world. Does that make sense? Is that ringing for you? Good on you. That's an encouragement. They, you see the need when you've got soft eyes and you respond. It's a reflex action because they have the same attitude as Jesus. And therefore, your eyes are soft if you have the attitude of Jesus. What can I do to help you today? I just invite you to come and join one of Transform's amazing selfless teams. Whatever that looks like and whatever you can give. I haven't, been, I haven't been prepped or prompted to say that. It's just, if the local body of Christ is, and Christ is in it, and you've got half an hour a week or half an hour a month, it doesn't matter. Or your community needs you to help do snags for the scout team or whatever during the week. That's spiritual. Or you make coffees for the work team. But that's spiritual. Just do that. You know, we get the opportunity as Christ followers to provide dozens of quiet kindnesses throughout the week in the wider community. And here's what Jesus has given you the best tip in closing. Here's the best tip straight from Jesus. Do you want to stand out? Then step down. Be a servant, Jesus says. May you look deeper than what you first see. And then choose to extend quiet kindnesses throughout the rest of your week. Thank you for having me. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. 
I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.